Whenever you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so as to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that your fasting may be seen not by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Please pray with me. Dear God in heaven, we ask you to be here with us this evening and we thank you for keeping your promise and being here in our midst. May my words be your words and all of our thoughts your thoughts. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. (laughs) Professor Harold Hill has been rejected by the local librarian. He's a flirt and a flim-flam artist, and he's used to getting his way. He's outraged, but he's also intrigued by a woman who seems to be able to resist his charms. And since he exists in a stage musical, in this case, The Music Man, he sings a song about his rejection and about the kind of woman he wants. The song is called The Sadder But Wiser Girl. He thinks that the librarian is just playing at being virtuous, but has something a little darker going on underneath. And he's not attracted to the virtuous part. That kind of child, he says, ties knots no sailor ever knew. I prefer to take a chance on a more adult romance. No dewy young miss who keeps resisting all the time she keeps insisting. No wide-eyed, wholesome, innocent female. No, sir. Why, she's the fisherman. I'm the fish, you see. Plop, for those of you who know it. I flinch, I shy. When the lass with the delicate air goes by, I smile, I grin. When the gal with a touch of sin walks in, I hope and I pray for a Hester to win just one more A. The sadder but wiser girl's the girl for me the sadder but wiser girl for me. Now, if this was a stage musical, we would all be singing and dancing by now. You would have joined in and we would have had like a whole routine going on in the church. I I grew up, you have to understand, in a house in which musical numbers like this were just a part of the regular musical rotation. So I knew all of these songs really well from a very young age. Now, understanding what was going on in the songs was an entirely different story. And so naturally, when I heard Harold Hill singing about Hester winning just one more A, I naturally assumed that he was waiting on pins and needles for some girl to get a good enough grade in school to somehow qualify to be with him. Now, of course, that's not at all the kind of A that Hill is singing about, but it wasn't until high school that I figured that out. Now, The Scarlet Letter is a classic work of historical fiction written by Nathaniel Hawthorne, published in 1850, set in the Massachusetts Bay Colony among the Puritans there. The novel begins with Hester Prynne, a young woman who has given birth to a baby outside of wedlock, and it begins with her being publicly shamed. 
She is required, because of her sin, to wear a scarlet A on her dress for the rest of her life. A for adulteress. And this is the A that Harold Hill wants his Hester to earn. A scarlet one. Not a mark of qualification, but of sin. Which brings us perfectly to Ash Wednesday. It is the height of counterintuition, as I'm sure you noticed, that we read this particular teaching of Jesus's from Matthew's gospel at this service. We do it every single year, and every single year I feel the same discordance. Jesus said, beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them. For then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give alms, whenever you pray, whenever you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites. They, they disfigure their faces so as to show others what they're doing. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head, wash your face, so that your fasting may be seen not by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father in secret will reward you. We know, even as we read what we're about to do, we've got it all set up here on the table. We're about to come up here and disfigure our faces. We're about to practice our piety before others. Aren't we? Well, no. That's a misunderstanding of what we're going to do here in a few minutes, just like my misunderstanding of Harold Hill's desire for Hester to win just one more A. You see, we naturally assume, like I did, that qualification is what's at play here. Because qualification plays such an enormous role in every other area of our lives, we naturally assume even if it's only completely subconsciously, that qualification must be how we relate to God, too. Qualification is what all of our other adornments are about. So it makes sense that that if we're adding an adornment, like an ashen cross on our forehead, that it should serve the same purpose. Think of your adornments, the jewelry that you wear or choose not to wear the designer labels you buy or avoid, the haircuts you pay for or don't. All of these things are designed to say something about your qualifications, even if it's just how little you care about qualifications. We are always giving each other our resumes, aren't we? What college we went to or dropped out of, what institution our father started, how small our carbon footprint is, what hard-won life experiences we have, how free from worldly entanglements we are, how little we care about what other people think of us. This is my favorite resume item. How little someone cares about what other people think about them. We're always evaluating our current report card and looking for that one more A. Because we imagine that God 
might be like my misunderstood Harold Hill. Really hoping that we get our act together and get one more good grade to qualify ourselves to be with him. But these ashes, these ashes will tell the opposite story. These ashes will refuse to build your resume. They will not be a qualification. They will be a scarlet letter. These ashes say, I am a sinner. They say, I am weak. They say, I will die. They say, I am human. And how many times has someone worn their humanity as a badge of honor or as a resume builder or as a qualification? How many times in your life have you been congratulated on some great achievement and invoked your humanity? Great job, Nick. Well, I am human. It's never been done. Not one single time. It's never happened. We say I'm only human as an apology for our failures, for our lack of qualification, for the weakness of our resume. I'm only human is a confession. And that is what we're doing here today. We begin this Lenten journey with a confession. We'll end it in 40 days with a resurrection. Our I'm only human will be met with Christ's, but I am almighty God. Our return to dust will be met with Christ's empty tomb. As St. Paul writes to the Corinthians, this perishable body must put on the imperishable. And this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? We put on Jesus and death is defeated forever. Your ashes tonight will commemorate the first volley in that battle. An admission of guilt, a confession of sin, an acknowledgement of weakness, humanness, and need. The calling out for a Savior. In 40 days, we will celebrate redemption. As John writes in his first epistle, if we say we have no sin... If we were to refuse the ashes, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And because we know that he is faithful and just, and because we know that the tomb was empty and that the perishable was covered by the imperishable and the mortal was covered by the immortal, we can today repent, sure and certain 
of the good news of the resurrection. We have an advocate with the Father. Jesus Christ, the righteous. He is the propitiation, the perfect offering for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. We are dust. And to dust we shall return. We are weak and frail and human. He is mighty and holy and our Savior. Thanks be to God. Amen.